You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast, where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living. No topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties. Let's own our worth and walk empowered towards truth together. All right, y'all. Welcome to episode We Don't Know because we're recording ahead of time (laughs) with Carly Fink. I'm going to just intro Carly real quick um, and kind of tell y'all, let y'all in on how we know each other, but then give her the mic and let her um, tell her, tell you who she is. That was hard to say. Um, okay. So Carly was my first girlfriend in Wilmington. I moved to Wilmington in 2014. What's up? And I met this guy, Zach at a coffee shop. And Zach was like, Hey, do you want to have tacos with me and my friends tonight? And I went and had tacos and then they had a game night and Carly was at the game night. And I didn't know anyone when I moved here and she made me feel really welcomed and one of our jokes in the very beginning of our friendship, and I think still today, is we always say same person because we say the same things at the same time. We think the same thoughts. And so it was an instant friendship um, and just really easy. And since then, we have flip-flopped lives, essentially, because I moved to Wilmington from Dallas, and then she picks up and leaves Wilmington and moves to Dallas. <laughs> so did I say that right? I moved from yeah. Dallas to Wilmington? Yeah. Okay. And we, I actually met Carly separate from you, but it just turned out that you guys were friends. When did you meet her? I used to train her at Live Oak. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. Back in the Dizzy when I was still in the fitness world. And I remember us like, I don't remember how we put two and two together, but you somehow knew I was friends with Catherine. And yeah, small world. You know, connections. <laughs> um, so Carly's going to bring the heat today as she always does. But first, I'm going to let her... Come on in, tell everyone who she is, what her heart is for tonight or today, whenever you're listening to this, and then we'll get into the meat of um, questions with you. Awesome. I think I figured out that you guys were friends because, you know, just Instagram. It's probably how that happened, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the casual, normal, typical way these days that everyone gets yeah. to know each other. That was like um, a stage that everyone was like asking us if we had a photographer follow us around because we would like do shoots for each other and just like have all that content stacked up and they were like so confused like how do you guys always have great pictures of yourselves like do you just have someone follow you around I think you might have even asked us that question <laughs> one day shifted on Catherine's profile like something happened overnight and it was you you happen to her profile <laughs> when people ask me like do you have a professional photographer follow you around I was like I mean yes. pretty much yes <laughs> it's amazing Basically. like uh, my dream of having paparazzi follow me around it just came true so it's good uh, anyway go ahead must be nice um just kidding I did have a lot of friends who were photographers in Wilmington I feel like photography is really big there um and I do have one good friend in Dallas who's a photographer but she's constantly traveling because of it so haven't done any shoots yet no you know no fitness shoots no um podcast shoots but maybe we can get started today um okay so so my name is Carly as they mentioned I think it's hilarious that Catherine and I are hashtag the same person all the way to the degree of flip-flopping our lives like exactly it's it's actually wild. I'll tell people here that I meet, you know, like I have a friend who's like from here, but now she lives in Wilmington. And people think that's wild because 
well, one, they don't know why I ever left Wilmington. That's, a, that's the start. But then two, um, they don't, they think it's crazy that people can know about both Dallas and Wilmington because they're so different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really only knew about Dallas through Catherine and I had no interest whatsoever in moving here, but here we are. So yeah, I don't really know what else to say. I'm happy to dive in into everything that Catherine and I previous, previously talked about. Um, I'm super stoked. I'm really proud of these girls. Um, love that I got to meet them in different ways and then that they became such close friends and do life together, do work together. Um, Chelsea's an amazing fitness instructor. She just had too many talents that she had to like dwindle it down. She really is amazing at fitness. She knows her stuff. And I just remember like, I literally, I vividly remember doing like pull downs, like tricep pull downs, Chelsea. And you were like talking to me on the side. I think it was after class and we ended up just talking about God. And I was like, this is so cool that I'm like working out in the gym at work. And my trainer is like starting a conversation about faith, you know, like it's after hours, we're chilling and we just bond over that. And then one thing led to another. And we had a few mutual friends because we had both lived in Raleigh and Wilmington. So we've, I've lived in both of y'all's like hometowns or previous towns. So that's, that's really fun. Um, yeah. And just for the sake of that, just for whoever is listening, um, my story, as far as like location, uh, cause I love the connections game is I actually grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, which a lot of people don't know, but only till like fifth grade. And then I moved to Raleigh for middle school and high school. And um, then I moved to Wilmington for school, for college, and then stayed, unexpectedly stayed for a very long time. So I was in Wilmington the longest out of all the four places that I've stayed, because as we all just mentioned, I moved to Dallas 11 months ago and it's flown by. It's really wild. So that's kind of my story as far as location. Um, just to put it out there, I'm 30. I'm single. Um, I'm thriving, which normally you don't put all those things together. <laughs> um, I moved out here for a career, which I think is something that we're going to talk about. So I'll let, I'll let the girls ask the questions there. Yeah, we actually do want to get into that because um, we have a story of like leaving the corporate world and starting our own passion project turned business. And I think we talk a lot of, or I know we talk a lot about entrepreneurship on this podcast, which is great for those who are entrepreneurs, but we have listeners who will reach out to us and be like, Hey, what if I like one of, what if I like working in the corporate world? Like, I don't want to quit my day job and like go pursue a passion. And two, what if I want to enter, leave this and enter into the corporate world? And that's something that you actually did, which I'll let you get into, but Carly went from ministry and then totally like, like different worlds went from ministry to from a, in a church to corporate world and then to Dallas corporate world, which is a whole nother level of corporate world. So I want you to kind of dive into that part of your story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, the number one thing I told myself and others that I would never do is work at a church. Um, I graduated college and two weeks later I was in full-time ministry at a church. Um, and I told myself, well, I'm only doing this because like the girl who ran the student ministry, um, you know, is on maternity leave. So I'll just like step in while she's gone. And that was really actually the whole purpose of them bringing me on at least full-time was to take her spot. Cause I had worked so closely with her. I actually did an internship my last semester of of college there just for the sake of like this would be a really fun internship but 
do not catch me dead working at church, like actually working at church. Um, and so she went on maternity leave. I took her spot. She didn't come back. So they offered me the job like more permanently. And I, you know, I told them, I was like, just so you guys know, I'm actually not quote unquote called to ministry. Um, so this is kind of funny that I'm even working here and funny that you're offering me the job. Like you're welcome to back out. And they didn't. We talked about like the theology of what does a calling mean and like ministry and Ephesians four. And like, we got into it, which was so good. And we, we were just mutually okay with, even though I didn't feel like I'd be there long-term and I was very clear with my pastors and elders and like the, the whole leadership team about that. They still, we all knew that it was exactly what God had for all of us, at least for a season, which hilariously enough, that season turned into five and a half years. So <laughs> um, it was one of those things where I thought I'd only be there like six months and a year. And then at a year mark, I was like, okay, maybe one more year. But y'all, it was so much fun. I mean, I wouldn't have traded those years for anything. And again, and I can get there with the next part of my story, like never say never. And I'm not saying that out of like a superstition thing. I just feel like we, at 30 years old, I've learned um, at least to stay open to whatever God might have for you, because I feel like so far, everything I've actually said never do um, has happened. So yeah so that's just what he has planned sometimes so after ministry i was working in student ministry sixth through twelfth grade again had a blast worked with incredible people was the only girl um which is kind of it's kind of weird but i kind of like that i've always kind of been a guy a guy's girl or a guy girl i don't know what you call it um it was really 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 fun so i was over all females like sixth through twelfth grade if they needed mentoring counseling coaching um a friend a big sis whatever um, and then I was also over all of our volunteers. So that was all ages from 18 to, I think my oldest volunteers were like 75, um, male and female. I, I ran the volunteer group there and then, um, pretty much planned all events, all trips and yeah, had a blast. Truly. It really was so much fun. I had a few opportunities to speak or preach or whatever you want to call it. I also didn't get paid for this, but on the side, I was leading worship pretty much the whole time that I was at this specific church. Um, I've been leading worship actually since seventh grade, which is crazy. And wild enough, I have not led worship at a church like, consistently for over two years. And it's actually killing me right now. Um, but that, that's a big part of my story as well. So as far as leading ministry, um, I had, <laughs> it was my birthday weekend. I think I was turning gosh, 27, I believe I was turning 27 and I love seven. So I was like really looking forward to this year. And it was like, I was going to be 27 most of 2017. So my birthday's in December. So I was like, this is my year. This is it. I'm so stoked. Well, I remember leaving a, a birthday weekend, like mountain retreat with a few of my girlfriends. And I was driving home with my very best friend since eighth grade in the car. And I had mm, a nervous, emotional, mental, whatever you want to call it, breakdown of just like, crying like bawling i was driving it was not safe and turned into like pretty much yelling like lots of just screaming out crying with her in the car just me safely trusting her with like these are all my feelings about where i am in life right now and the word i just kept saying out loud and it felt like an out-of-body experience i think we all have had those moments in life that just feel out of body whether it's a panic attack or whether it's like an emotional breakdown um you just feel completely out of control 
and I just kept saying the words, I feel so stuck. I just like, I can't get out of my typical routine. I can't get out of, I've, I've lived in the same place forever. I've worked at the same place forever. I've had the same friends. Um, I, I just feel stuck and I hate this feeling and I didn't think I'd be here and um, I'm still single, all the things. And she's so wise. She was completely quiet. She had nothing to offer me this time, which is actually really frustrating. But the only thing she said, and I'll remember it for a long, I've remembered it for a long time now is, um, she said, I don't really know what to say to you. That's going to make you feel better. But I do know that the Lord wants you to feel this way. And he wants you to cry this out. And I was like, Whoa. And so then I was kind of mad. I was like, wait, why does he want me to feel stuck? Why does he want me to feel so emotional and so upset? But it moved me into a very aggressive and very beautiful, like very beautiful prayer life. Um, so I prayed my booty off starting like that day forward for direction on direction on where to go next, direction on who's going to take my role, because it's one of those things. It's such a delicate position you kind of have to be able to do a ton of different things and keep it all together um and I, it was one of those things like the only person that would make sense to take that job would be someone who was like close to me as a volunteer and just was an all-star volunteer in our ministry already and that was just really rare because at the church i was working at um there weren't a ton of like single girls there weren't a ton of 20 somethings uh, so it was tough but the lord actually gave me a vision um, of who was supposed to take my job. And he does that. He's done that a few times in my life that were really like big milestones where he actually gives me like a for real, for real vision. It's not a dream. It's like, it's almost like a that's a Raven situation, which I know sounds crazy. Um, but it's like, I, it's like everything stops and then I see something and I like live out a moment and then, and it feels like slow motion and like weird. And then I like process it with the Lord. I might write it down. And then, um, it happens later, yeah. but this time it happened way, way, way later. So I was still in that role and still waiting on the Lord, um, for 13 months, I think before this girl actually ended up taking the job. So it was really hard. And then, um, to speed everything up, basically I was, I had no idea what I wanted to do next. If anyone's been to ministry before, it's like, what the heck do I do now? I mean, you coming from camp, Catherine, like, it's like, once you do that, like, where, where do I go next? Like camp is not like real life forever. I can't, I probably can't do this forever. Ministry as a single person, when it's like your whole life, like all consuming y'all, I was in, I was in ministry specifically again, serving in this ministry. It was for like nine and a half years, five and a half of those years were like full time. I, seven of those years in total, I realized after it was over seven total years, I had never been on a date. I had never held a guy's hand. I had never anything. I mean, I had no dating experience, dating life for seven years straight, had no intentions of that. I didn't not want it. I've always wanted to be married. I'm definitely like a big um, companion person, but it's just wild, like how much your life does get consumed with ministry. But I think that's also in a, in a, in a way it's the right way especially as a single person. Like it was, again, it was blessed. Um, so yeah, with that, I didn't know what I was going to do. Thankfully we had a friend in our community who was a recruiter, um, for one of the most like amazing thriving companies in Wilmington. They were starting a startup software company, which is hilarious because ministry to 
sophomore startup. And yeah, I took the role. I was their first new hire, which actually ended up being incredibly fun and such a blessing because I got to help form like the entire company. I helped hire people. I helped form the culture. I, I was BFF with the whole leadership team and um, got to serve them and got to know every single human, like first and last name. They knew me. And um, yeah, it was really, really fun. I got to be like this greeter and kind of this mama. I did three or four or five roles within less than two years there. It was so much fun. Um, and I never wanted to leave. I wanted to stay there forever and like retire with them, but the Lord had different plans. And so to wrap this up, sorry, I realized like, gosh, this, there's a lot to this, but essentially this is the part I think that the girls actually asked for is, um, the big faith leap of like going from a place where everyone kind of knows your name to a place where you don't know a single human and they have no idea who you are and may have zero interest in getting to know you as well. So yeah, so uh, it was an inevitable thing that I was going to end up in sales one day. I avoided it forever because both my parents are in sales and they kept telling me don't do it. And so I kept avoiding it, avoiding it, avoiding it. And then by the time it was like I was turning 30, you know, last year, it was kind of that itch of, all right, I'm turning 30. This is a whole new decade. What is happening? What's not happening that I want to happen, you know, in my life? Again, I think we all have those moments. And I looked around and God had shut a lot of doors. And it actually all started whenever Hurricane Florence hit Wilmington, throw, throwback at that. And, you know, we like got evacuated and couldn't get home for two or three weeks. Um, so I had evacuated to Charlotte, North Carolina and enjoyed every single second of it. And I was like, wait a second, I secretly love this city life. And I was not ready to love it or admit that. So I like secretly journaled about it, secretly told only two people, my mom and that same friend that was in that car with me coming back from our mountain trip. Um, and that was it. I did not want to talk about how I thought for one second that I would ever potentially one day leave Wilmington because it's well, just and Charlotte, Charlotte is very similar to Dallas. Like yeah. anytime I visit Charlotte from here, I'm always like, Oh gosh, this reminds me so much of home. So mm -hmm. it's really interesting that that specific city kind of sparked something in you. Exactly. Go on. I think what got me about Charlotte and then now it's definitely being played out by Dallas or in Dallas, but on a much bigger scale is that one, it's a beautiful skyline. I love Charlotte skyline. It's so Wellington doesn't have a skyline. So it was just refreshing to like see a cool skyline and like, just kind of feel like there's more and that there's just a bigger world out there. It's, it, I feel like that's what skylines represent to me maybe, or at least in my story. And then I loved how Charlotte had all these pockets and districts and neighborhoods surrounding the city where you can be in this little neighborhood or this little district, but you can always kind of see the skyline. You're always 15, 30 minutes from downtown and every single neighborhood has its own flavor, its own culture, its whole vibe and look. And that's what I fell in, excuse me, fell in love with. And that's exactly how Dallas is. And I am obsessed with just how different a little neighborhood can be 10 or 15 minutes away from the next one. It's amazing. Yeah. I just feel like I could explore forever and still never fully experience. No, Dallas. I believe that to be true. <laughs> it's constantly, as you know, like evolving. I'm sure whenever you come home, like things are different every time. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wrapping up that whole part of sales uh, or the whole leap into going into sales, it was just like, all right, um, I love what I'm doing now, which was client facing, loved working with clients. And uh, I basically just realized like sales is really how to do that long term and sales is the best way to like, I just, it was ready to just try it. You know, I'm sure for you guys, like jumping into your, your own businesses, it's like, let me just give this a try. You know, something that I've wondered about, but never really knew if I wanted to do this. And so, yeah, one thing led to another. It actually was like a nine month process. I, the thing I always want to share whenever I kind of tell my story, especially this part of it is just so you guys know, like I was not okay with how my like the story that god wrote for me and sometimes i'm still not okay with it and i think we can all again like admit that to different degrees but like i wanted to be married right out of college my whole thought was i'm gonna go to college i'm gonna get involved in every day in campus ministry there is and i'm gonna meet my husband through one of those ministries and we're gonna get married as soon as we graduate and that was just like my thought and it's not that i've obsessed over a wedding like i never had like a wedding box or like i've never even thought about what kind of dress would look good on me or anything like that. It's just more like, I know I'm made for companionship. I know that I love men, not all of them, but you know what I'm saying? I knew I wanted to be married if you know what I'm saying. And so I was like really counting on that. And then that never happened. Right. And then it still didn't happen. And I would say the way I kind of tell like the singleness part is I think most of my friends were married by 25. Most of them had babies like by 28. I mean, in that they also owned houses or two or three by that time. And I was still renting the same house for seven years. I was still single. Like I still technically haven't had someone I've called a boyfriend since I was 19. Like it's just very different than what I was, than everybody else's story that I was at least surrounded by. Um, so yeah, it was kind of like one of those hard looks of what's not happening that I wanted to happen. And because the Lord hasn't brought that man into my life yet what can I put like what can I put investment into just as far as my emotions or my time um and that ended up being my career and so what was really hard for me was the whole thought of moving you know away from Wilmington I have had and still have a phenomenal community there like if anyone knows anything about like Wilmington the people are the best and if you know me at all just even a little bit I think it's like really obvious that my friends are the freaking bomb like they're the best friends in the world and it's unreal I'm so spoiled and so the moment that happened for me that was like really 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 tough that I want to encourage anyone who's listening is because things hadn't gone how I wanted them to go and I was really frustrated um, especially with the singleness part of my life um, the one thing I kind of held on to is like, God, you've taken away pretty much everything. Like you have, you've given me a lot, but you've taken away the things that I really like thought I wanted. Um, you're not taking away Wilmington. Sorry, you're not doing it. <laughs> I, this is mine. <laughs> I'm keeping it and I'm not open to letting it go. And I just remember uh, the hurricane was in what, September? I think it was February. I was walking the loop because that's what you do in February in Wilmington. Cause it's like actually nice. Um, I was walking the loop, which was like a normal, almost daily thing for me. And, um, I just had that moment with God of like, I, I know you've been trying to talk to me about <laughs> moving since September, but I am not ready. 
and I'm also not willing. So um, I know you're like, I know you're nudging me on that, but I, uh, I'm just gonna let you know I'm not open. So we're just not gonna go there. And I, I don't feel like I hear God one regularly, regularly, or two extremely clearly all the time or audibly. But there are moments where I definitely feel like I hear Him, whatever that even means or looks like. And I felt like he said, and I remember where I was on the loop exactly, where I felt like he said, I'm going to need you <laughs> to open your hands because if I have to pry them open myself, it's going to hurt a lot worse than if you were to just freely open them. Because God's going to do what he's going to do. Yeah. You cannot, you cannot thwart his plan. He's always going to win. And I do, you know, I do think we can be disobedient and, and miss out on things for sure. But I think, you know, his plan will, I know his plan will always prevail. And so that is like a huge, that, that's a huge part of my story is the Lord really softening my heart. And it was kind of a pride thing where I was like, yep, nope, don't want to go through pain again. Mm -mm, I'm going to open my hands because I'm not willing for that to hurt because there's too much in, in my heart that has hurt, you know, over the last few years of my life or last decade. And so, yeah, that pretty much started, I mean, by April, I was applying to jobs and the way even this particular one came up was also just crazy and so different than any other way. Um, I was in therapy at the time. want to throw that out there. Um, really important, especially when you're making big life decisions. Um, and again, it was a nine month process. So it, it felt very like cultivated and prayerful and it was very clearly the right thing to do. So where I went from was like a company of it was two people. I was one of them. Then it was five. And then all of a sudden I left and it was 120, like a year and 10 months later. And then, um, went into a company y'all. I don't even think I know how many people, 15,000 employees across the world. Um, the building I work in has like 700 people in it. Um, not that anyone's working in a big building these days, working in the corner of my one bedroom apartment. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's very corporate -y. It's very business casual, like no sandals, no jeans, which is very not me. And um, yeah, I got thrown in and I, I feel very much like a number, which is very different than anything I'm used to. And again, moving to a city where I actually knew zero people with the exception of Catherine's mom, but she's like 40 minutes away. So it doesn't really count. <laughs> okay. I'm done talking. Sorry. There's, there's like so many things I want to touch on from, from that, from your whole story. One is how we have a plan for our life and it never happens the way that we think it's going to happen. I can definitely relate to that. And I'm sure most of our listeners can be like, yeah, um, I thought I'd be here by now and I'm not, or I thought I'd have this by now and I don't. Um, so one, I think it's huge, your faith along the way. And the fact that you constantly mention, even when, even when I was upset with God, I wrestled with him. I didn't just like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like a lot of people are scared to like have the tough conversations with God and they're like, whatever you will, you will be done. You know, like all the, like the, the repetitive prayers that we hear all the time in church and what we're supposed to say instead of being like, no, this sucks and I don't like it. So can you fix it? Or can you tell me how to like it basically? So one, I love that Two, I love that when you trans transition from ministry to aperture or, or your corporate job, how, all the skills that you used in your ministry job and how you wore like 6,000 hats, you had to end up using, it's like he was preparing you for 
corporate world where in some sense transitioning from a church to a big building with people where you're just a number even though in the beginning it was small for you you can maybe feel like what is my purpose and he's like oh i've already given you all the skills to fulfill the purpose there and you're you probably feel inadequate at times which i'm sure again i have felt and a lot of our listeners have felt stepping into something new so i love your vulnerability there with like no i was like actually pretty good at it <laughs> you know like i actually like I was prepared. God prepared me. And I think that's pretty cool to um, recognize. And then also transitioning from a place like Wilmington, which is so rare. And I mean, I can speak from the other end of like leaving a place where I was just a number and I didn't feel like seen or known to a place where the community is so rich and so thick and everybody knows everybody and you can't go into a grocery store without seeing someone that you know. Um, and it's very, it's just intimate. It's been cool for me. And I want you to jump into this, watching you go to a place where it's like this to Dallas, where you do get lost in crowds. Like I, I always said, like one of my favorite things, when I moved here, I said, one of my favorite things about Dallas is that I never had to run into an ex-boyfriend because there's so many humans. Like you don't just like bump into someone on the street. So it's like great to break up and be in that city but for you to go to that city and make such intimate relationships which is what I want you to talk about next is you didn't just go there and like okay I'll take this job and like I'll sit at my desk and wait you like were really proactive in finding a church and a community and not just sitting back and letting them come to you but going to them and being like hey kind of like I was with you can I be your friend can we hang out like what do you what are you doing this weekend I'll be there what are you doing this morning I'll be there kind of thing. So kind of jump into that of like transitioning from one type of environment to a completely different type of environment and finding rich communities still in that setting. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Adding on that too, I think we should also make note of the fact that you were only there, what, like six months before quarantine hit. So like that probably added a whole other element of like, like, did you hit more roadblocks at that point of being like, Lord, you sent me here and now I'm like trapped in my apartment and I could have been doing this job remotely now. Like, did you, did you feel like you already had that? Um, <laughs> She's taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> that community already, you know, cause I feel like you did adjust so quickly. And I, I remember like just looking at your Instagram and being like, wow, I'm so proud of her. She's just, put herself out there and like making all these meaningful relationships and like you also weren't afraid to be vulnerable in there and and be like yeah I'm having a really hard day where I'm missing Wilmington a lot or like hey who wants to come do this with me if you're in the area and I was I just thought that was so cool so I'm curious how that affected this whole experience um because I'm sure this was not how you imagined it Mm -mm. wow the fact that y'all even one, I just, I just want to say that I feel so extremely seen is really the word. I feel so seen right now that you, both of you are paying close enough attention to just like my life, even if it's just through Instagram stories, honestly, which I do put my whole life on Instagram stories. Um, <laughs> so sometimes, you just, sometimes you just share it with close friends, so it's fine. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I blew up my close friends with my new plants and my plant tour. Um, <laughs> which I love. 
because you know I'm 30 and I also have uh, eye cream on right now as we speak. So that's where we're at. Um, okay, so the two things that stood out, I think that you guys wanted me to touch on were one, the friendship, the friendship piece of how did I make friends in a new city when I didn't know anyone. And then two, quarantine, you know, I think it was, I moved here August, quarantine hit like March 13th. And so I guess it was technically like seven or eight months in maybe, um, which for, I, I've been talking to people around here and they're like, wait, you've only been here for less than a year. Like it took me four years to find friends or it took me a year and a half to meet like one person that I even enjoyed spending time with, you know, mm -hmm. and Dallas is so diverse in that too. And it's really difficult to kind of, it's like, you know, there are pockets and corners of people somewhere out there, but you don't know how to find them. Like it, it is really difficult. Also to touch onto that, like being someone who grew up in Dallas or North of Dallas and then, and then moving back there after college, living there as an adult and still feeling like I, like my best friends from school were in the area, but, or from high school, but like, I still get, I couldn't find connection. And that's like my hometown. And I think a lot of it in, in uh, comparison with Wilmington, going back to that is you really have to try in friendships in Dallas, meaning even just meeting up for coffee sometimes takes 30 minutes to get to the coffee shop. So like little things like that, you're like, it's so convenient here to just pop on over to someone's yeah. house in Wilmington. Where in Dallas, it's like, okay, let's put this on the schedule for like three months from now <laughs> when I'm in the area kind of thing, depending on where friends live. Sorry. Just have to I would say like, just to put it in perspective for anyone who's listening and either doesn't know either of the cities we keep referencing or um, just, just so you have an idea. I don't really, I don't have another, <laughs> I, have, I have no more words. Basically the longest drive in Wilmington to like your friend's house, that's like the furthest one away is the easy easily the shortest drive in dallas to yeah. your like your closest friend um just to give someone like a perspective of what that looks like in raleigh like raleigh's kind of in between at this point raleigh's traffic they could not handle the population that increases every single day i forget what the number is 80 to 100 people a day i think move there it's gotten um, there it's like at least 30 minutes to get anywhere i feel like yeah when we left and, and it really, like, at first I was like, okay, cool. Like, I don't, like, all I have is time. Like, I'm single. Like, my life is my job. But I, even then, I'm only there from seven to four. Like, I didn't think that a commute would feel like a big deal because I do have a commute from where I live to where I work. But for those of us who all, like, live in cities and it's not Wilmington where everything's five to 12 minutes away, um, commutes are a big deal because it, you spend so much time of your life, like driving and sitting in the car and wasting gas and being frustrated and being stressed and anxious. And you like, can't make something if there's an accident or four on your way to that thing. So, you know, and, and the thing about Dallas, like just because this is my life, my life is this place is full of like boutique gyms. And so everything is like class-based. And so you have to make it, first of all, you have to have the app. You have to schedule that you're going to be at the class or there's a fee if you cancel or don't show up, then you have to make it like you have to make it on time to the very class you chose. And so 
that's kind of my life where I do the risk of I get off work at four. Sometimes I'll get actually out physically until 4.15. That sounds like a dream to everyone who gets off at five or 5.30, but they do it because Dallas traffic is so insane that they're like, all right, y'all just get in at seven, which also sounds insane to people, but that's why we leave four. Anyway, so yeah, I'm driving to work at 6.30 and it still takes 25 to 30 minutes if there's no traffic, like bad accidents at least. And then on the way home, it's taken all the way up to like an hour and 10 minutes to come home, even at four. So it's just a wild difference. I mean, my last job in Wilmington was like two stoplights and 12 minutes away. Like it was a dream. Yeah. Like Um, when I lived in Dallas, I'm sorry. I'm just like, feel like we're connecting right now. My apartment to my job was maybe six, five to six miles away. Like not far. Yeah. Good ride bike. It'd be great. But great bike ride. Totally, totally, totally. My drive home, because I w- wouldn't get on um, the highway at five o'clock, never, was two street, two turns, literally two turns. That's it. Went down Ross, turned left on Greenville Avenue, and I was home. Okay? We know where that is. Oh, oh it's hard. It take me an hour to get home. And I was like, this is my life? Like, there, and that wasn't a podcast era. So I was like, what the f- do I do with all this time? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I understand how it's like totally different from Wilmington. I remember moving here and people would complain about traffic on college road. And I was like, this is the best road that I've ever been on. In my entire life. <laughs> yeah. I avoided college road at all costs, but you're right. I would do anything to go back to a <laughs> like anything. I think from ages like 22 to 29, I didn't, or 28, I guess, technically I didn't like, I did not go on college road because my college was office of college road from like 18 to 22 years old. And then after that, I was like, never again, this is the worst. <laughs> um, I think I missed, I just realized, like I mentioned how something about the commute and the gym. So like my gym class always is at five 30. And so that's the, that's the risk I take is if I'm off at four, but I don't leave till like four fifteen. but then if there's traffic, like I'm rolling into I still, anyway, it's crazy, but basically I risk it. And like, it's, it's a whole situation. Um, anyway, that's, that's actually kind of boring. So it's like back, my, back to the original question from 15 minutes ago. <laughs> the original question, look at your notes is, is how did you make intimate friends? Yes. Yeah. So, so here's the thing when you move to a new city and I keep like trying to think about who's listening right now, I'm like, please, can I get some amens? Like, you move to a new city and you're like, cool, I'm going to dive into whatever your thing is. So like my thing is church or the gym. And so I, I knew what church I was going to go to already because I visited it whenever I came to interview in June. And it was one of those things where I was like, okay, Lord, like I've been following this particular pastor for, you know, like 12 years. He's literally the goat. So like, I'm going to go to one of his plants. That's like kind of in the area that I'd like to live. And uh, didn't know that he was no longer actually speaking at this church. And it had been like a year and a half since they put him on the screen. It's fine. Um, but by the way, it's Matt Chandler. I don't know why I'm like not sharing certain things, but it was Matt Chandler and I call him Maddie Chan. Catherine also loves Matt Chandler. We bonded over that. And she actually went to this church that I am now a member of. Um, so I already knew I wanted to go there. And when I had visited I actually was like, okay, Lord, like, I feel like I'm already supposed to go here, but you know, just to like make it really clear for me, will you just, I mean, if they play this one song, (laughs) because this, honestly, this song is what has been the anthem. It was the anthem of my entire process of like, am I moving? Like, this is crazy. And the song is, uh, 
I think it's faithful to the end. Bethel sings it, but also it's been redone a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Faithful to the End was like my anthem. And then I was like, okay, like if they play the song, I'll die. But also if they play this other song, I'll actually really die because that, then that's two. And I don't know if they're a three song or a four song type of church. I sure hope they're not a two song. Um, turns out they're four, which is great. And I was like, but like, it would really take the cake if it was this other song, like this. Third. So I gave God three songs and guess what? Every single one of them was played. Every single one was played on the first service I went to when I was visiting. And I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Totally casual. Um, all right, God, hear you loud and clear. I'm going to be, and at, at that point, because I didn't know, because I hadn't interviewed yet, the interview was the next day. I was like, Lord, if I don't get this job, I actually might move here because of how stinking obvious this whole thing has been that like, I'll move here for the church. Like, I, I, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like. I ain't working at it, but like, I'll move here for the church. So that's what leads me into friends. So you walk in, this is where I want the amens. You walk into church and you're like, cool, cool, cool. There's all these people that look like my people. I'm looking around like, yep, you're my people. You're my people. You're my people. You're hot. Cool. Can't host your yeah. single checking your left hand all the time and then you sit down and you're like Sunday's best day of the week because um I'm doing the one thing that I actually enjoy doing I don't have friends otherwise and I just like work and I'm training and I don't know what I'm doing so like I really looked forward to Sundays well I would get to church giddy stoked trying to like intentionally sit around people that looked around my age or looked single or whatever girls guys whatever mainly girls you know and I would sit down with them and then I'd realize like yeah, how do you convince someone that you sit next to in church that, like, they're your people? You don't. You're by yourself. They already have their people. They already have, like, all their community. They're in, like, five small groups. They're, like, leading and, you know, serving in three different areas of the church. Like, they don't need another friend. And, and honestly, Catherine, it's a miracle that, like, we became so close because I will go ahead and confess, and I have repented, I was that girl in Wilmington and, and honestly it like breaks my heart to think about like how many people I probably burned because I thought for years that I didn't have room in my schedule or in my heart for new people, for new friends, because I already had an amazing community. I had plenty of friends. I had strong community and I hate that. Like I believed that I didn't have room. And here's why I say that if God's love never runs dry, like if his well is never ending, like his well for us, of like he's the source of everything and he never runs out, including love, including relationships. Why did I think that I couldn't adopt that one mindset or that heart? Because if his love becomes my love, like if he's giving me his heart for people and my heart is intertwined with his, then why did I think that I was so limited in my love, if that makes sense? And so I just was not essentially in so many words, like I just was not imitating God's love because I had a limit to it and I put it on there. So anyway, oh no, sorry. <laughs> okay, Bianca's if that face ain't the Lord, If that ain't the Lord. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, Bianca just FaceTimed me, which is funny. She's my closest friend in Dallas and the whole reason we're friends is because of Catherine. Perfect. So speaking of friends. Perfect. Speaking of friends. So basically that's really 
to wrap it up, like I just ended up, I ended up going on a Bumble date because what else you do when you have no friends? You download a dating app. And I went on a Bumble date. This guy ended up having to just already go to my church and he had been there for like eight years. So then he was like, oh, let me add you into everything my church does. So like the big group me with all the young adults, the Facebook group, all this stuff, like the volleyball group, the this group, that group. And so I started seeing like what people were doing socially and I just started showing up. I, I showed up to someone's house for brunch. I showed up to a volleyball game. I showed up to a Texas Rangers game, which I didn't even know what sport it was. It's uh, baseball, by the way, if anyone's wondering. So yeah, that's just kind of, I forced myself in. I think that's a huge point is, and I think we've addressed this on the podcast before because we have um, a lot of girls who like just graduate college and like, how do I make friends in the real world kind of thing when they move to a new city? We do get that a lot. I think the, I think the biggest thing there is like, you just have to like plug yourself in awkwardly into every single thing until you find your thing. So if it's showing up at the Texas Rangers game where you don't even know that that's a baseball team, then do it. If it's, <laughs> you know, playing bait or playing volleyball and you're like, I've never spiked in my life, like then do it. You just have to like keep showing up until it sticks. hundred mm-hmm. percent. It really is a keep showing up and a constant fight for, I know what I want. I know I want a church community. I know I want godly friends that are my age around my age. Like it's fine. Like I love a diverse friend group, but I was like, I, I want people who are available if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of living the same lifestyle and routine as me. And I just relentlessly chased after that because you just don't otherwise have an option. Yeah. I mean, I'm so made for companionship. I'm like one of the most extroverted people in the world. And so I knew, I knew what I wanted and that was people and that was friends to hang out with and make memories with. And I had to go after it. And it was very, it's like confident as a person I am. I'm like very much a, you know, I'm in sales. So like I'm a people person, I'm confident, it's fine. But it was extremely humbling to it. I mean, I'm still waiting for, okay, do do you like me? Like, it's a constant, it's a constant battle of like, Carly, just be 100% yourself, be genuine, even if it's ugly or even if it's weird. Um, And the the ones who stick around like are the real ones, you know, and, and they actually really like you. Don't don't put on any kind of facade and it would be easy to do because I'm an Enneagram three. Like don't just wear mask to mask to mask. And I'm not talking about COVID masks. I'm talking about like figurative masks um, to fit in and belong with different types of people. Like just be 100% you. And again, those who stick around, like those are going to be your real ones. Mm -hmm. And the last thing on the friendship piece is I got really overwhelmed because I had met so many people so fast. Praise the Lord for that that I then realized like, well, what do I do? I now know like 30 to 50 people that I'm quote unquote friends with, but like, how do I invest my time wisely? And how do I decide like, who are my people? So I asked a friend who had just moved from North Carolina to Houston, actually, he's a young adult pastor in Houston. And he was like a year ahead of me in that big move. And he didn't know anyone at all. And he gave me the best advice that I just want to share with the world where he said, decide, who your two or like choose your few decide who the two to three people are that you really love and really like being around. They actually add life to you and give it all you got. Like give them all of you invest in them completely. Give them your priority, like put them as a priority, give them all your time that you possibly can. And then once you start there, like everything will just go from there. And that's exactly what I ended up doing. And that's exactly what's happened is 
because I've formed such, such close and like trusting and life-giving relationships with two to three people, it's turned into like, now I'm friends with their friends. And now they even know some of my friends who come and visit and they talk on Instagram all the time. You know, it's been really neat to, to have taken that friend's advice and seen like the fruit that's already come from that. And that was like, five months ago, like right before COVID. Oh, it was actually right before COVID because then I was like, well, frick, who do I quarantine with? Like to Chelsea's question, it was like, uh, I don't have any best friends here. Like I'm worried they're going to get sick of me. If I choose to like quarantine with one or two people, I'm still new. Are we close yet? And it was Bianca who actually Catherine like connected us literally through a direct message who Catherine and Bianca have never actually met in person. It's just that Michael, Catherine's husband used to go to the same church as Bianca. And so that's how we all know each other. And Catherine and Bianca were like Instagram friends. And then she introduced us through a DM of like, uh, Bianca, one of my closest friends in Wilmington is moving to Dallas, be friends with her, thanks. And sure enough, like she actually is my closest friend in Dallas. And she's who I quote unquote quarantined with because both of us are single and we live alone in our little one bedroom apartments. And we just really needed each other. And we're like, she literally just, that's what that interruption was. She just FaceTimed me. So I yeah. think- I think that that's also a really cool thing to to look back on is like God's very active in the little details of like, I've never met Bianca, but my husband knew him. It's like God was setting all this up for like Carly. Like my future husband went to discipleship school with a girl and then I started a podcast and originally I connected with Bianca because Michael told me that Bianca had already had a podcast. So I emailed her and was like, Hey, I don't, I know you don't know me. I'm Michael's wife. What's up? And I'm starting a podcast. Can I like ask you questions that turned into we're Instagram friends, which turned into like, you know, DMS. And then when, once I started watching her life and then you come in the picture and move there, I'm like, I honestly have no friends in Dallas. <laughs> so <laughs> The person that I feel like you would connect to most is Bianca. So it's crazy. Like even from like 2015, when Michael was in discipleship school, he was like, I'm going to prepare a friend for Carly in 2020. So I just think that that's really like mind blowing to think about. Yeah, my mind is actually blown. Like I gotta go because it's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am, it, I am hundred percent shooketh. And I know that term might be like out, but it's okay. <laughs> I can like do like 30 year old jokes, you know, now that I'm quote unquote in my thirties, but absolutely. He is totally in the details of the scripture that I really clung to closely throughout the whole process of moving was that he goes before me. Mm-hmm. And I, I just saw that every ounce of the way from the exact apartment that I'm living in to the job that I work and the team that I'm placed on and just the, the location that I live in. I mean, one thing after another the church, all that, like he's gone before me and it is so, so clear. And, and Chelsea, to your point of, um, you know, okay, I'm quarantined. Like I could have just done this in Wilmington. Like what the heck? I'm not even going into the office. And honestly, y'all, I don't really care to ever go back to the office, which sounds wild because again, I'm extroverted and like, I love people, but I've found my routine. I mean, it took like a long time. It took probably three weeks of the quarantine, like working from home. I was not well, I was truly not well. And then, um, And then I think like maybe a month and a half in, I found my stride and I love it. I mean, y'all, I was waking up at 5.15. Now I'm waking up at 6.30. Okay. Like who's going to be mad at that? So I love sleep, but yeah, that's, that's been an interesting thing too, Chels. Um, 
I, I didn't even think about it, which just shows God and his plan and how like it, it is what it is. Like I just renewed my apartment actually. And I renewed it for an even longer lease term. And I didn't even think about, I could just go quote unquote home and just like work from there. But that's, what's so cool is like my story and, and me moving to Dallas was not about the job. It's not about advancing my career. Thank the Lord. That's a bonus. Like, thank God I doubled my salary coming out here. I mean, my, my rank quadrupled, but like, thank God I doubled my salary. And like, I'm on a career path now that like could end up being like really great and really fun and really exciting. I'm super thankful for it. Um, but it's not why I'm here. It's not why I'm on the planet for sure, but it's, it's not why I'm in Dallas. Like it's always all about relationships. They're the only things we take with us to heaven is our relationships. And so I would stay, even if I had lost my job, like I had the whole thought of like, what if I lose my job because of COVID? Well, I'm still not leaving Dallas. Like I, I know I'm supposed to be here. I feel that confident. I didn't even think twice about renewing my lease in Dallas. So amazing. Yeah. Mind blown Kath on that whole <laughs> thing of like you haven't even met Bianca and like your future husband who like you didn't even know yet oh my gosh I'm sure I know it's crazy it's crazy when you look back in hindsight on your life and like wow like your plan really is so much better than mine okay it's already we've already been talking for an hour which I can just talk to you forever but there's one last thing I want to talk I want to ask you about before we get into our four questions that we ask every single guest um the for the last thing I want to talk to you about is um, what does dating look like in a new city, um, that's that big. And when you're kind of entering into the dating world altogether, I mean, truly you, you dated a little bit here, but like, now you're like, I'm gonna throw myself all in. What does that look like? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So of course you, you know, you do dream like, I didn't move to Dallas. A lot of people actually thought this, which at first it started, it, at first it bothered me. And then I was like, they don't know me and who cares and whatever, even if I did, who cares? But people were like, Oh, you're moving away from Wilmington. Cause you actually never like got married in Wilmington. I'm like, okay, that's actually extremely rude. Um, but <laughs> I, I did said that. That's so not, oh, okay. I, I had multiple people say that to me in person and DMS, multiple people tell me that other people were talking like that about me. I was like, okay, Clearly. I mean, none of my obvious, like none of my close friends, you know, they know I'm following the Lord out here. And honestly, y'all, if the Lord done told me, Hey, your husband's in Dallas, I would move to Dallas. <laughs> I would move to Dallas. No shame. And so, I mean, it is like next to my brother's salvation. It is like the number one desire of my heart. So I guess number two, but, um, yeah. So as far as dating, L O L. All right. The juicy stuff. Um, dating looks like well of course you kind of dream I, at least I dream of meeting someone at church that like already goes to my church and well that didn't happen so um at least it didn't happen yet um and now we don't go to church because of COVID so um in the beginning I downloaded like I said I downloaded downloaded a dating app I think I started with Bumble. It's not like I never had a dating app before. Like I've been on most of them, but started with Bumble. And then I think I got Hinge. So I was like double timing. Um, and went on actually a lot of dates in the beginning, but it was either like, Oh, you're totally just my friend, which was that guy that I met that went to my church and connected me to everyone. But obviously so much purpose in that date alone. Um, or it was like, yeah, I, 
like you're just not you're just not it at all and like it's fine if we never talk again <laughs> um and so that's actually most of my online dating life but I would just say like first of all in Wilmington if you are on a dating app you didn't talk about it which is really interesting to think back on those barbaric times <laughs> that sounds that sounds wild to say but like honestly I think I remember being like ashamed and like low-key that I got hinged but remember Catherine like hinged wasn't even in Wilmington yet oh, it was I, only I, I remember I got it I came back from Texas and all my Texas friends were like download a dating app I had just gone through a breakup and I was like uh and I did and all the people would drive to Wilmington from Raleigh because they weren't in Wilmington yet yeah the thing about I was on Tinder for a little while, like my senior year of college in Wilmington. And the, it was just like so awkward. Cause even if you would just match with someone and like, maybe you said like, Hey, and like the, that's as far as the conversation got, you would still see them freaking everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And you'd be like, Oh, I matched with you on Tinder. And now it's like this awkward little <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? Like you, I mean, ironically, that's how I ended up meeting my husband in Raleigh, but you know, so I don't, I don't know, but <laughs> and there's success story on over here. Um, but yeah, it's probably a lot easier to to navigate that in a bigger city when you can like absolutely, you know. I mean, y'all, I would refresh like that word retreat. That is a good word. <laughs> so I would refresh my hinge app i believe it was and and honestly i think it was bumble too i can't really remember hinge and bumble have just been the go-to's like if i do if i'm online at all like it's the it's one of those or both at the same time so i would refresh and no joke i'd be in wilmington like chilling in bed and i'd be like refreshing and it would be like we no longer can find anyone in your area <laughs> please come back tomorrow or something stupid. And I'm like, uh, I would like screenshot it and send it to my friends in like bigger cities. Like this is the life that I'm living. I just want you to know, like even dating apps, like even the internet is telling me that my husband ain't here. Like he ain't anywhere to be found. So that was kind of a wild thing. And then moving to Dallas, it's like, I think I could probably swipe incessantly for 24 hours straight and there still would be like a million more, which is exciting, but also overwhelming. And so the couple things I'll say about that is in Wilmington, I had, I think two single guy friends left, uh, maybe three at all. I had two or three girlfriends left that were single. Um, and at this point we all knew each other and we had all decided like, this is not going anywhere. And just because you're single doesn't mean you're supposed to date the only single person. Just like FYI to all the married people who try to force the only two single people left to be together because it just is not how it works. Um, it, it's glorious if it does work, but like it was not working. And so moving from Wilmington where y'all, I realized when I moved to Dallas, I actually never dated locally for the entire 11 years that I lived in Wilmington what they would all drive in from somewhere else like winston-salem raleigh charleston like one this guy flew in from colorado that one time remember that, that was oh, crazy. yeah that was crazy and so uh yeah so dallas is really different but i will say i think it's like options can actually be pretty evil because i think especially for guys and they're more visual of course I think they just think they have all the options in the world. And so it's really difficult for people to actually stop, try something, commit, settle down. And so there are a lot more single people here, obviously. And they're all older than like the single people in, in Wilmington. I mean, 
like I was the youngest person in my friend group for like the first six months of like who my friends were and it and I was 30 and it was such a weird feeling and they were all single like they were ages 31 to 40 and everybody's single like living their life all everyone wanted to be married and it just I didn't know that I needed that until I had it and I was like whoa god like you're doing something here because I suddenly don't feel like an alien and I don't feel like I have to explain myself or justify myself or people don't have to like tiptoe and like, is she okay? Like, can she come be the seventh wheel, ninth wheel today? Like, by the way, I was always okay. It was never like an emotional thing. It was just more like sometimes married people didn't know what to do with me because I didn't have another person to like come to an event with or show up for a dinner with, you know? So Dallas is totally different. Again, it's really diverse and it's just people are I think a lot more down. There's a lot more things to do other than the fact that there's not a beach, um, but it's a big city, you know? So there's just a lot of, a lot of options. And then there's a lot of people. So dating life, been on a ton of first dates, like a butt ton. I mean, when I first moved here, I don't even know how many, I think I went on like, y'all, it's bad when you go on like three or four dates in one week. And I, that's not usually who I am, but that's just how it happened. Yeah. And then that happened again over quarantine. Somehow my dating life thrived in quarantine, which I know is like, really strange but when it's online then that's just what happens so uh lots of first dates a few second dates um but just ultimately like still absolutely nothing um but i would not say that it's ground zero or square one because i think that everything is an opportunity to learn and glean from you know the experience and I think the more I date, the more I know myself and I know what I want and I have more clarity and therefore like there's just more discernment. So I can know more quickly when that person's not the right one. Um, or I just, I'm learning things about myself, whether I like it or not, like whether I like these things or not, I'm learning about myself, which is always helpful in life. So yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay. We have four questions that we ask every single guest. Oh goodness. So First question, what is something that you're currently obsessed with right now or binging? doesn't have to be a TV show, it could be food, podcast, book, whatever. I did prepare for this one. Um, as you saw my close friend story today, I am currently obsessed with new plants. <laughs> I'm just obsessed with plants, especially like my mom used to garden on Sundays, like that was her thing. And I realized today, I was like, it's Sunday and I am in the garden. Like I'm going through gardens, like at these big fancy plant stores that are just beautiful and I could get lost in them. And, um, I went to a couple today and I was like, man, there is something so special about like quote unquote gardening, given y'all I'm in like <laughs> one bedroom apartment in the city, but like I pot, you know, I've potted my plants. I've given them new plants new pots. I bought soil. Like I got, uh, two new plants today and I got hydrangeas just to put up like at the kitchen counter. And then I repotted three plants. I actually named all my plants today, which I know sounds crazy, but that's what I'm currently obsessed with. As far as a TV show, I don't think I sat down and watched TV until I actually turned 30. I didn't own a TV until I was 30, which is wild. Um, but quarantine has really done a number on me. And my current show, it's going to throw you off, is Catfish. Yes! I love Catfish. So y'all know about it. Okay, I don't feel that strange. I know about every reality TV show on the planet. Oh my gosh. When Jordan and I first started dating, we used to watch Catfish together, like, all the time. It's been out for a minute. It's so entertaining. Yeah. It's very entertaining, and it's one of those, like, 
shows are just so dirty and inappropriate these days. I'm like, I don't need to be a single 30 year old woman, like living by myself, watching all these dirty shows, you know, like I don't need to get that in my brain. I don't want that. And so it's really hard to find one that's just like extremely chill and low key. And catfish is doing the trick for me. I mean, it is quite entertaining. So highly recommend and plants. Love yeah. it. I can't wait till you get a plan. Name it Catherine. It's going to be a really good day. I try to not do like direct human names, especially humans that I know. Um, but okay. I mean, if, if you'll let me. I mean, it will die eventually, but so will I. So like, it's just, <laughs> it's honestly. <laughs> All right. Next question. What is something you're like looking forward to this year? If it can still happen. <laughs> This is the question that I actually always started off with on Bumble. <laughs> like whenever, you know, you, you know how like girls have to make the first move. Um, I don't always believe in that, but with Bumble, it's kind of nice because it weeds a lot of people out, which sounds terrible, but it's real. Um, it's, it is still the internet. So that's actually a question I usually ask, but ever since 2020 became 2020, I stopped asking it because... <laughs> Yeah, it's just a very depressing question um, to a degree. I currently, gosh, that's a really good question. I have two weddings in North Carolina this year. I honestly can't remember. Oh, I went to a wedding last August, but I used to go to like 10 to 15 a year and I love weddings. And I only had like two last year. I only had two this year. So those are at the tail end of the year. Um, and I'm really looking forward to one, just like going home and seeing people that I've known forever and I love them. And then also just like dancing, you know, gosh, when's the last time y'all danced? You know what I'm saying? It's 2020. Everybody dancing. Yeah. Probably your wedding. <laughs> yeah. In September. Ugh. So sad. Yeah. my kitchen. Sometimes I booty dance on Michael and he doesn't really <laughs> love it the same way that people at a wedding do. Um, <laughs> next question. What is something that you love about yourself? I forgot about this one. Like I knew it and I forgot it probably intentionally, but like subconsciously. <laughs> um, I think to like really wrap up like my story that I just shared with who knows who's listening. I really do love that this is my story, even though it's not what I planned and not what I wanted. And I really love that through the different experiences, I can relate to all kinds of people. Um, and just in general, like I love that the Lord has given me confidence, like just naturally, I've always had confidence. Like I grew up on stages and even when I was like growing up on stage, it's not because of the stage that I had confidence in that experience. It was just like, I was confident. So I was on stage, like even my dance teachers or chorus teachers would be like, dang, like you just do not care. <laughs> like You are just wide open. And so, yeah. So I would say like, I love that the Lord has just given me like an extra dose of confidence and it's a hundred percent real. Like I don't need to prove anything. And I don't feel that way at all. Like I genuinely love life. I genuinely love myself and I love the Lord. And that's why I can love life and myself. Mm. Great. True. Last question. If you could tell women one thing, what would it be? I feel like my whole life is on the line. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, like, I mean, it almost feels like I'm at my own funeral with this question, which is, 
which okay. is like a good it's a heavy thing but it's a good thing well, like if I could say so that. like if you could just like tell women one thing to wrap up this conversation like a piece of encouragement yeah we know your story is still being written so it doesn't have to be like this profound you know end all thing but like right here right now what would that be oh man you know it just popped in my head the song oh gosh i could just cry thinking about it but the song no one ever cared for me like jesus by stephanie dawn from bethel honestly <laughs> they're not my words but that is what i would tell women <laughs> is one listen to that song and those would be my words because at the end of the day no one has ever cared for me like jesus has cared for me and i'm really gonna try not to cry because it's like a little embarrassing but no one's ever cared for me like Jesus. He is the one, it, the Bible says, you know, God's word says he holds our right hand. He goes before us. He knows our thoughts before we even think them. He knows our words before we even say them. He's nearer than our very breath. Even if we make our be bed in hell, like he'll, he's still there to like rescue us. And like, he never leaves our side and we can't flee from his presence, you know, once we know him. And I think that's my number one thing is whether you know God or not, he is for you. He's not against you. And if you do need to scream and kick and yell and say that you're not satisfied or you feel stuck, if you need to beat on his chest because you're just frustrated or mad with how your life turned out, like he wants you to do that. He wants you to come to him even if it's with your anger, even if it's with your frustration or your depression or your confusion, he wants that. He can handle it. He's got, he created the whole universe with a word. So I would just say like, know that he's for you. Don't, don't be afraid um, because he's holding your hand at all times and he's already taken care of everything ahead of time. So yeah, I know that's really like, heavy for a minute but i mean that with my whole being like no one will ever care for me or for you like jesus has can and will forever and ever so if i could leave i mean he it's he's not always my best friend just because i don't always prioritize him like that but when he is it is the best of times and i am the most joy filled i've ever been which always happens to be linked with hard times, mm -hmm. suffering, moving here without knowing anyone for two weeks. I'm just watching him. I'm just, it's like I'm this giddy child, like holding my dad's hand, just like letting him swing me around from this corner to the next. And like, he's just already there waiting, like winking on me, like playing almost like hide and seek of like, all right, come on this way now. Okay, you found it. Okay, let's go this way. And he's just like popping up around every corner. Like I've already, done this for you like it's just you just walk in favor is what that is you just when you live life with god you just you kind of float because he just carries you yeah. and you have to lay everything down because it's not yours to carry it's not what we're meant to do so yeah amen Yo, this is such a treat what a good way to wrap it up too carly i love you Thank i love you Thank you so much for being um, a guest and sharing your heart and being like real with people. Yes. I think people will um, appreciate just the fact that like you don't sugarcoat anything. You are who you are and, and life is what it is. So 
We love you. Thanks. I love y'all dearly. I believe in you guys. I'm so proud of y'all for everything that you're doing. Chelsea, I'm so excited that that baby's going to be here any second. Thank you. Um, Cannot wait. Can't wait. I love you guys. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. All right. We love you and we love you listeners. We will talk to you next week. Bye.